everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Steel Clay Podcast, where we are two vessels of clay working out the heavyweights of life. We want to thank you for joining us this evening. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Hello, my dear. We are here. Oh, there you are. Okay, okay. Girl, you better be present and accounted for. Girl, and I am, okay? <laughs> you know what? I can't stand students like you. Oh, you sell lies, honey. You know you love all of these kind of stuff. We make it 10%. I couldn't even, yesterday, I couldn't even process I was laughing so hard at this student and she was like, the bad part about this is you my teacher and I'm a minor. I was like, baby, I'm so sorry. You, <laughs> you get all these giggles. You're getting them. <laughs> I don't care who you tell. I repeat it myself. Listen, you said it. I'm laughing at it. Okay? Because I, I see in color. I see in living color. I see words as pictures and, and when you say certain stuff to me, that picture flashed across my mind. I'm I'm dying laughing. And, and so oh she was, gosh. And I was like, I can't stand students like you. She was you like, are you are so like your brother. <laughs> what you mean I'm so like my brother? Girl, goodbye. You and him seeing seeing things in living color, just busting out laughing because you imagining words as pictures. I ain't got time for y'all. Listen, I'm telling you, it be them prophets though. Mm-hmm. Girl. <laughs> and do. And do. <laughs> be the prophet but hey you either love us or you don't like yourself that's all it is oh you know i love all of me so mm-hmm. problem too. <laughs> it's not either love us or hate us is you either love us or don't like yourself that's all that is oh no baby you know how i feel about myself <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and listen and you've been hanging in there with him almost 20 some plus, and you've been hanging there with me almost 20. Oh, yeah, you love us, so I ain't worried about it. Girl, yes. I love all of y'all with y'all craziness. I couldn't leave y'all alone if I tried. And we Sagittarius, too, on the same day. Both of y'all, on the same day. On I don't know, the same I don't know why month. the law of bless me so. Okay. <laughs> on the same day and month? Girl, get out of here. Get out of here. Get your life together. I need to, huh? <laughs> Girl, go pray us in, because we're going to be with the shenanigans if we don't. Okay, yes, let's pray, let's pray. Father, we bless you, God. We thank you, God. We love you, God. We thank you for our life, breath, health, and being. Father, we thank you for this divine connection and fellowship, God. We thank you for the family atmosphere, God. We thank you that we have the ability to open up our conversation, God, and to be able to share not only what thus saith the Lord, but the love that we have between each other. But I thank you, Father, for bringing us together. life, God. I thank you for this platform. God, I thank you for these words. Touch each and everyone's heart on today, God. God, we thank you for the swearing in of our president on today. Today, continue to protect him, God. All of our prayers, Father, go before you, God, because the government is on your hand, God. And so we thank you for what you will do in these next four years. So people, God, we just pray that everything that is said today is a blessing to someone that has some impact in some type of way, God, but that more importantly, you be glorified on today, God. And we give you all um, glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord, you know my heart, but I'm finna be missing. <laughs> whatever happened to them angels from africa baby i asked the same thing last <laughs> night what happened them must them must not be the real angels them must be <laughs> some counterfeit <laughs> I, said, 
I said, um, y'all ought not be taking advice from somebody who look like they've been doing all the drugs. Uh-uh, don't do it. Mm, she's skinty. I mean, she is. She is skinty though. She is skinty. Mm. She hasn't looked well in a long time. Mm. That's what we calling it, looking uh-uh. well. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you know I, just, I can be the more diplomatic of us at times. I'm about to say, let's just call it what it is. That looked like sin. Well, Dip, dipped in death. Well, <laughs> well, you know, sin sick is a real thing, Shug. It, it, it is. It, oh, it makes you. It makes you real dark for it black does. people. It makes you real dark, and for you know our other colored people. Yeah, it look like they be on that methamphetamine. Yes, they do. Yes, they. Do. Or that what is that meth or you know whatever. Yes. You suck your whole. Ugh, like, I mean, she never was a big person. No, no, and she but, wasn't. But but she, but this right here is falling off the bones. This is like baby, I see collarbones. You remember when um, it's a it's a movie. I think it came out in the late eighties, early nineties. It's about these three witches that were sisters. Hmm. I don't know the name of the movie, but do you remember what I'm talking about? It might have been, it might have had witches in the title. I don't remember because I didn't watch it. However, I seen the cover for the for that movie, and she looks like she could be one of them sisters. Mm-mm, practicing witchcraft. Okay, moving on. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> All right. So, so as I was walking my new baby, Mister Max, I have a new baby, new puppy. Welcome to the family, sir. Girl, he is all the way trained. Well, yeah, because he he the first night boo boo everywhere. Mm. Second night, mm, a little bit. Now he's like, I got this. I I'm a, my master gonna get up at about five thirty and take me out. I can hold it. So you know, we we there, we there. Um, it never hurts to have a dog whisper in the house, aka your friend Janet. Sometimes my mother. Um, <laughs> don't be talking about my boo thing, okay? Don't do her. <laughs> don't do her. Mm-mm. me and that thing girl that's lord true. help us that's lord help us but but just a little sidebar uh she wrote a letter to well a little letter to i think it's a little letter it's real when i say little is little it's like in this little book type thing and it only has two pages one page is for my brother and one page is for myself and she wrote him some promises some wishes she had for him when he was born and for me um, one of the wishes that she had or one of the statements she made in that little thing is, it's going to always be me and you, me and you to the wheels fall off, ride or die. And I thought about that and I was like, this heifer. <laughs> I can't get rid of her. Well, I got a whole... Then got a whole room in my house, and she meant that thing to the wheels fall off. So, you know, I was thinking about that because she was pulling out different things and was like, oh, my God, I got to go get rid of some stuff. It's too much stuff in my room. And I gave her the room with the bathroom. So I gave her the master room with the bathroom. So just imagine uh, she's saying she has too much stuff. She has a lot of ho- She's a hoarder. So she was going through some of her stuff that she was hoarding, and we were just reminiscing on some things. And I was like, oh, my God, you wrote this when I was a babe. Oh, wow. <laughs> you and I to the wheels fall off. It's gonna be you and I. And I was like, oh you know what? I'm not gonna get depressed. Oh no. <laughs> no, I'm being facetious. Like <laughs> so I've been kind of on her since we did that the other day. Um and then we were reminiscing on a dog that we had that she trained that was a human with four feet. And that was the day I got Max. The vet, right while we were reminiscing, my brother called and his his dog had a litter. And was like, y'all want a puppy? And I was like, yes! So, okay, that's my story. All right, so as I was walking Max, um, 
<clears throat> Max and I, we I get up and I read the Bible, we talk and I pray with them. And you know, Max just I just be having a whole conversation with Max, and you know, he sometimes do that. Roo. So, <laughs> so I kept reading this one particular scripture, James one, mm-hmm. chapter one, James chapter one. I just kept reading, oh, I kept James. reading. I said, Max, what? What is the Lord trying to tell us in James one? But then I also had this story in mind, uh-huh. and the story in James one just kept crossing, kept commingling, and and I oh, finally wrote down, girl, I finally wrote down what is the connection, right? Okay. So the story is called <clears throat> "All Things Fall Apart" mm-hmm. by, and I don't list these African names. Y'all gonna have to forgive me. Chinua Achibi. Where you be getting these stories from, girl? I teach English literature, so of course. <laughs> I still that's still my question still stands. <laughs> you know, I try to find. I try. Okay, so one of the one of the I talked to IB program, and in the IB program, you have to do cultural readings. It's like different readings you have to do. So I like to find those things that. Okay, let me find a story that these kids probably never touched in their life. Like I found this one um um Hispanic story. I love it. The kids hate it because of all of the symbolisms and inner workings and oh my god, they be like, I can't do this with you. But they in, they end up loving it at the end once they figure it out and everything. But that's what I just, you know, I just go and, and search for the obscure longest i can do okay so then let me let me clarify my question because you obviously didn't understand what i meant how would one go searching for the obscure in order to find these types of stories one must get lost okay good so so talk take me a little deeper there okay so and i heard this on the cosby show because i love the cosby show i don't care what y'all say um in order to be found, one must first get lost. So in order to find something, you must lose something or lose yourself in something. So just like, oh, mm, okay, Lord. Okay, Lord. <laughs> okay. The Bible tells us, he that loses his life for the Lord's sake shall find mm-hmm. it. My words. I, I, I paraphrase it in my words. And so even God understands the importance of being lost or the state of lostness mm-hmm. if that's i just made it for word you go me they put bootylicious in the um dictionary bootylicious i can make up my own words so go with me um so the state of being lost you that's how you find a lot of things and the people who go on these journeys and go they are lost they are lost and they eventually go on these journeys of life lessons and stuff in order to find themselves so they so what they're doing is they are lost looking and searching for other lost things in order to be found. Mm-hmm. Um that's Matthew 10:39 by the way. Mm. Okay. So anyone that loses his life for the Lord will gain the Lord. So anywho, I just Man. wanted I just wanted you to clarify that because um I'm not an English teacher. That is not my calling. The Lord has been gracious to me. In, in in who I am. So there's there's no there's none of that. I wish I could. However, there are some things that we can all take a lesson from. And so not just losing yourself and finding these English stories, but losing yourself in the word and the meaning of the word and, and what it is that God wants us to find as a product of our search in the word. We're supposed to we're supposed to actually be in the word daily. We're supposed mm-hmm. to be searching the scriptures daily. 
Mm-hmm. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Mm-hmm. In doing that, mm-hmm. then we would be able to go on these adventures uh, in lostness and, and find some things that are super important to us, like the story that you're about to tell it- us about this African dude. Okay, all the way. So, this story, uh, it depicts the pre-colonial life in the southern, southeastern part of Nigeria. So, the protagonist is, again, these long names. I'm just going to give you the first letter. So, Mr. O. O is famous in his little, his little villages that connect each other to make their tribe. He's famous. He strives to be a better man than his father. His father, he... He, he felt like his father was weak in the fact that he didn't work hard enough to provide for the family. So he works hard to obtain everything that he has, which makes him somewhat of the richest, like up there with the upper echelon of society. Mm-hmm. He's not an elder. He's, he, he hasn't attained his elder status, but the council of his villages, they, they, uh, they, you know, they counsel, they not counsel him, but what it is consult him on some things right Mm -hmm. or bring him into conversations that he wouldn't be he wouldn't have privilege to had he not had a lot of money um so he works hard to attain things as he's obsessed with his masculinity Mm -hmm. and as a result of that he often beats his wives and children oh wow right so he is selected by the elders to become the guardian of I'm gonna call this brother Ike because the first three letters spells Ike I'm not Ike Fumu we're not gonna do that so Ike <laughs> who's a boy so Ike is a peace treaty or a peace settlement between his tribe and another tribe because of a crime that Ike's father committed against O's tribe mm-hmm. so O is the guardian of the boy so the boy stays for a, a, a certain number of years um with for the peace settlement he stays with the family a certain number of years during his time well before he even got for i even came to be under O's guardianship O has a son mm. and he his son is laid to him his son is everything he is not so he he really truly don't like his son mm. <laughs> he don't like his son because his son he's feel like he's building up this or he's building this image or and all of this wealth and stuff and his son he don't feel like his son deserves it because his, his son reminds him too much of his father being lazy in his def in his definition lazy so he grows really close to ike because ike is a worker mm. ike works ike does you know he tell ike get up at four ike is up at three thirty you know, preparing to do whatever he wanted him to do it for. So he is in love. I, him and Ike grow, have a big old bun, have this bun. And it's another child that's real small. I think it's a girl. He sends her to the tents with his wives. So he don't really mess with the little girl. He don't really deal with her too much. So, but it's Ike. He really is in, like, that's it. That is his son that he wish he had. Mm. So the time period is up and now it's time for Ike to be killed to you know this is the end of the peace settlement and Ike has to die so the elder says do not oh we're not going to charge you with killing him or going with us because you've grown fond of the boy please do not go it would be you know wise counsel is telling you to stay home he didn't listen so Mr. O didn't listen he follows the people who took Ike and he struck the blow that Mm. killed Ike this set off a chain of events. He was depressed. He started being depressed. One of his daughters became un- like unceremoniously sick. Mm. Like I think he had about three or four wives. So and this was his favorite daughter too. 
um, because she's a worker. And he was like, had she been a boy, you know, you know, that type of mentality, the masculinity. Sure. Um, so this is his favorite daughter and she becomes really ill to the point of death that they had to take her to the, I'm going to say Shama. That's the way I would connected it with the kids, but it's another different word they called it. So all these things begin to happen and um, so they go to a ceremony for one of the elders or whatever and he's part of the, in my lack of a better terms or scenario, the 21 gun salute. So he's in charge of, he's part of this little, again, my terms, 21 gun salute to honor this mm-hmm. elder and he falls or trips or he falls asleep and his gun, his gun goes off and kills someone at the mm. ceremony, which is against, which is against custom. So custom is tr- tradition says he must be banned from his tribe for seven years. I believe wow. it's seven years. He must return to his mother's tribe, not his father, his mother's tribe, and stay there. All his wives, everybody, the whole family is banned now for this way. So he's banned. So during his banishment, he falls into a super depression. And it's something about um, the his father's now dead. His father's been long dead, but the elders in his mother's tribe was trying to tell him there's a reason why you were sent here. Try to find that reason. Reconnect with your mother. Reconnect with your family that you've actually cut off all connections to to go be this person that uh, you know, he didn't listen to wise counsel. Again, they they just kept telling him. They kept trying to counsel him in these seven years. So it's like, listen, you don't want to go back the same way you came here. You want to go back a better person. He wouldn't listen. So his son has decided not to go with him. For whatever reason, his son, I guess he ran away or something. I'm probably missing a little part of the story, but okay, the son ran away or something. But um, missionaries came to his old village, and now his son is a convert. And when his son would come visit him, his son was slowly telling him, listen, this, I think I found my calling or whatever. He was trying to talk his son out of it. So now his son is a full convert. So after his seven years, he returns to the village again, unwise. He did listen to wise counsel. So he was very unwise in all the things he did while at the um, his banishment. So now he can return and it's more colonial people and most of the tribe people has converted to Christianity. Mm. And the elders and the colonials are had worked out some, it was basically, you know, they came in to take the land, right? All right, so one the piece of land that they 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 had bartered was a sacred ground, and so they built the church on a sacred ground. I think it was one of their um where they buried their prophets of their they called them something else, but I'm gonna call them prophets. This is where they buried their prophets, and they built a church on top mm. of it. As a result, one of the seers or somebody ends up dying. By the, at the hands of a colonial so now it's civil I won't say civil unrest be, it is kind of like a civil unrest because oh it's saying we need to they, you know the tradition says we got to go and kill the people that killed our people and the, the elders are saying times have changed since you've been here we need to go talk to them but he wouldn't listen and he ends up going and killing one of the colonials and they were trying to tell him this is the third time wise counsel don't do it because you're going to bring more death to the people because they have guns. They have weapons that we've never, we don't use mm-hmm. over here. But he, like I said, he goes and he kills one of the colonials and 
of course, exactly what the um the elders told him what was gonna happen. They came to the village, you know, pretty much. Now, now it's no more. We're not going to talk peacefully with you guys. We're gonna come and just take what we want. And instead of him facing the elders and everybody, he ends up oh killing himself. Oh my goodness. He ends up killing himself, right? So I'm sitting here going, what does this story have to do with James 1? What is the connection? Okay. So I'm, so I'm like, what is the connection? Okay, you got a piece I of do. paper and some pencil? Because I want you to write, write these down because you could tackle whichever one. Because after I said, what is the connection? Uh-huh. What is it? <clears throat> Let me know right. when you're ready. All right. The first one came to me was various trials. Okay. The second one, double-mindedness. Selfish, temptational lust. Misguided values. And the last two are your favorite. Wait a minute. (laughs) They're your favorite. Misguided values was number four. (laughs) Okay. All right. And the last Uh two. They were they, they. I had them as one, but then I kept something. The Lord was like, "No, spit them up." But they're your favorites. They you okay. love to talk about these useless okay, religion. <laughs> okay. Outdated, non-progressive traditions. Okay. 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 Tackle whichever one you oh feel like goodness. you want to tackle. So it's funny that you talk about outdated non-progressive traditions because my mom made a big deal about the inauguration ceremony that's going on right now. I knew. Hold on. I knew you was okay, going there. So my mom made a big deal of it. And I'm sitting in the kitchen like, why? Why are we Why are we as believers? Why are we sitting up in here wasting our time, right? Because we could be doing a whole bunch of other things. Um, sitting up in here watching this inauguration of a of a president that first of all God already says that He controls everything and it that goes on in the government. So so if so if mm-hmm. we as believers believe that God controls everything it is in the government, now why do we sit around counting our ducks and and talking about what's going to happen when this president gets in office and what this guy's going to do and what that guy's going to do and this and that and the third and all of these things. When God specifically says in the Bible, number one, that you don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next. Just like you don't know where the wind comes from. This number is true. two, why are we following after all of these traditions and ceremonies that don't mean anything? And my son is like, I don't understand all of this, mom. He's like, why are they sitting outside like this? He's like, first of all, we in COVID. He's like, let's start with that. He said, so nobody knows who anybody is, but you, you sat down amongst all these people with all these masks on in the cold to watch somebody take over an office. He's like, I don't understand why 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 do we do that? Why do we, why are we watching this? He was like, How long is this gonna be? I said, probably all day. He said, All day to watch a man take power from somebody else. I said, I don't know. I don't I don't I don't know why we do this. And I started explaining to him about society in the United States and Britain and this and that and the third. And he was like I he was like, but it it, it he's like, I don't know mine. He's like, I just feel like sometimes we as people just do stuff for no reason. Mm. He said, and it frustrates mm. me. He said sometimes I feel like we as people do things for no reason and it frustrates me. 
Mm. And as I'm sitting there listening to the prophet speak, like as I'm listening to the man of God speak, all I can do is just sit there because that's what I call, you know, I call him to do that. I'm just all looking at for as long as I can remember because he just say the most prophetic stuff out of his mouth, like. And and he's he young. Y'all y'all don't know my baby is young. Mm. He's he's like he's twelve. <laughs> but that boy tell you he's thirty because because his mindset he came here old. But we start talking about tradition and we start talking about things and that's when we start talking about um, useless religion. Mm. And how there's all this ceremony for all of these things, and it neither gets you any closer to the Lord, nor does it get you any closer to salvation. So my son asked me, who started him? Where did it come from? And I said, I don't know, baby. He said, then why do we still have to do it? And I said, well, we don't have to do it, baby. He said, but somebody feel like they need to. Ooh. Run he, that one back again. He said, why do we have to do it? And I said, well, we don't have to do it. And he says, somebody feels like they need to. Yes. Need to. Need to. There's a difference between yes. a need yes. and a want. And when my son was younger, I often had to explain mm-hmm. this to him. Because he, because he thought in his mindset, a need, a want mm-hmm. was a need. That goes to the let me see, selfish, temptational yes. lust. We will make mm-hmm. a want seems like it is mm-hmm. a need. I need air. That's how I live. I need water. That's how I live. I need food. Mm-hmm. That's how I live. The law says I need clothes. Or I but you don't bed. need clothes. You know, you don't need clothes, but by law, you I'm can't just go saying, I'm naked. just saying, I just need to go off into this real quick, and you're probably going to get it, but I just need to say it real, real okay, quick. Okay, So, just like the animals have fur that covers their body, people have hair. So, we have a covering. We came here with a covering. We're born with a covering. But man says, we got to have something other. As if what God provided for us is not enough. But anyway, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Exactly. It, so so that was my point. I wish we could go to the store with our bare essentials or our birthday suits, as we like to call it. So you often have to reprogram people's mind. But then we know the t- cognitive development stages of yes. man, they go through the stage yes. of egocentrics, of yes. self-love, self-absorption. Everything is me, 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 me. So you have to pretty much help them out of that stage because you have some adults that are still yes, in that stage. Indeed. For some reason, they've matured in numbers. They've matured in body. They've matured in other places, but their mind is cognitive, cognitively still back in that Well, if you look at stage, the psychosocial stages, they, the the... Psychologists believe that every adult doesn't make it out of this. Like every adult does not progress mm. through every psychosocial psychosocial stage, and very few adults reach the last one, which is self actualization. I I read that, and when I was in mm-hmm. Psych One Hundred and One, the few classes I had to take mm-hmm. on my way to being a teacher, 
that we don't very few attain the self-actualization and that if you will equate that to the way the monks thinks and the nuns and different people who seclude uh, seclude themselves mm-hmm. from society some people believe some groups of people believe that when, once you reach self-actualization mm-hmm. you can levitate you can do so you can do so many mind-bending tricks that people who are not at that stage don't even mm-hmm. believe it could happen at that stage. No, yes, you, you're definitely making sense. Well, you make sense to me. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so let me try to break this down to my lower level listeners. People don't believe that other people mm-hmm. can levitate. People don't believe that there are spiritual things that you can do with your mind that people who that if you think something long enough if, like witchcraft okay we'll just go with witchcraft i'm not gonna even we're just gonna go with witchcraft because everybody has some form sure. of knowledge on witchcraft the basic basic form of witchcraft i'm gonna blow your mind is y'all ready basic. disobedience basic form of witchcraft <laughs> the most basic, basic. <laughs> the most basic is disobedience of any form disobedience that is like your first stage that's your introduction if you cannot get disobedience under control you can go anywhere within a witchcraft Mm -hmm. realm that you want to go so let's move up to people who are willful Mm -hmm. disobedient and they partake and they and they actually practice divination and different things that um entails witchcraft right spells and putting curses on people the stuff is real and a lot of people be like only to the person that believes i said okay so if you are the person that believes and i don't and you put it on me again i just by your definition alone Mm -hmm. it's going to happen there have i've heard so many cases or so many people have said you know put you know this person gonna die or and they're gonna die just like this and the Mm -hmm. person died just like that based on that person practicing witchcraft i'm not talking about a prophetic person i'm talking about the evil side because for every prophet there's a Mm -hmm. for every spiritual prophet as far as a god prophet Mm -hmm. there is a devil prophet for every holy ghost Mm -hmm. there's an unholy ghost we talked about this one one um Mm -hmm. podcast ago so so the power is there it's Mm -hmm. how you use it it's how you use it so most people feel like if i don't believe in witchcraft and somebody put it on Mm -hmm. me it's not going to happen to me but again by that definition alone it is only true to the person it's only powerful to the person that believes so if the person that believes in it and practice it and, and lives it and that's what they do all day every day it don't matter if you don't believe it if you don't counter that with something Mm-hmm. i.e. prayer mm-hmm. the blood of Jesus that is the only that is the only way to counter it you can't just say I don't believe it and walk away from it oh, okay let me know how right. that work out for you you have to count you have to counter that with um with prayer with the with, with the blood of Jesus and so when you reach self-actualization whether you are good at what you do or on the forces of good or on the forces of evil mm-hmm. there's power 
at that stage. And that's why very few people reach that stage. So long drawn out explanation, but I felt it was necessary. But there's it power is. either way. There's e- there's power either way. But I'm going to let you tackle the rest and see what you got. Because I, I was like, what is the connection between James 1 and his story? Because in this particular story, we all know I love mm-hmm. the number 3 and 13. I don't care. Three, and I do things in three of my classes. In my classes, I tell the kids, okay, give me one more. And then they be like, oh, that one was hard. Give me one more. And then they'll give me that second one. I was like, one more for the Holy Ghost. And then one girl was like, I'm an atheist. Hey, for you too. Let's go. You know? And she'll laugh or whatever. So I like to do things in threes. But then it's also biblical. He was warned three was. times. Three times by elders not to do something. And after that third time, he then took his life because he could not face his decisions, his three Mm -hmm. wrong turns. He couldn't face it. Go to me. It goes towards that double mindedness Mm -hmm. that James talks about. You try so hard to not be like your father that you end up being something worse Mm -hmm. than what your father ever was. Because let's just be honest laziness is a sin but it's not a crime it it makes me upset when people always talk about how lazy their child is but they haven't put anything if you do everything for me and now you all of a sudden want me to do something of course I'm going to be in your eyes lazy I'm not saying most parents do that. I'm not saying kids just don't come out lazy. Majority of the kids are lazy because somebody has done it right, for them correct. for so long. My mother wasn't lazy before she moved in here. Now she's lazy. She won't even go get her own food because I bring it to her in her room. So now she's expecting that. So when I'm not here or when I'm asleep and trying to get some rest because I don't work like a dog all day long and got all these other projects and different things that I'm trying to do, to for me and I'm asleep she literally gets mad because I sleep too long and she was hungry because I've gotten her used to me bringing her breakfast to her room me bringing her meals to her room so in a sense mm-hmm. she became lazy but before that she had she was getting her own food before she moved in here she was getting her own food she was fixing her well not really fixing she's the best cook in the family but will not cook at all she won't even boil her own stuff a hot dog. <laughs> but she was, you know, <laughs> she said her years of feed people is over. And so she she literally bought a bunch of snacks and food that she doesn't doesn't have to prepare. She can just pop the can and eat it, and it's all up on her bed. I promise you, it is. So, but would she need to go in the kitchen and fix her bowl of cereal? Now she'll do that. That doesn't require her cooking, or you know, other than pouring cereal in a bowl. But now that she's here, she's in turns become lazy because she won't even get up to go get her food because now her daughter brings her food to her, cooks it, go to the store, buys it, cooks it and bring it to her. Not complaining. I decided to do this. My mother's in her last, you know, she's at the last the last mm-hmm. few years. Make, make them good. Um, so you can't, so I'm talking to those people, that great number of people who You've made this person lazy, so you can't call them lazy. So when he 
says, I don't want to be like my father. He goes from one extreme, but he mm-hmm. thinks another extreme. So to me, that was I that guess. double-mindedness that I saw in his actions and, and the things that he was doing. But I'm going to stop talking. Oh, about you talk, you, you know, talking right. You're talking good. Um, but I, and I agree with you on that double-mindedness, but I like to start at the beginning when I read the thing. Okay. So, so James chapter okay. one, verse one says, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Okay. So right off the bat, this brother okay. in the story did not do that. Not none of the three times, no. not none of his life, did he look at anything it was that he experienced as a method of joy. And and so I like to stop right here because sometimes we as parents get into this mindset of my child needs to be this, my child needs to do that. And when we get into that mindset, we stop enjoying the gift that is the child. I have been guilty of this uh, with my daughter, very much so. Not as much with my boys. But with my daughter, oh, definitely, because I want her to be a certain type of woman. I want her to be a certain type of mother. I want her, you know, to do this and do that. And so a lot of times in my training of her to be that, I missed out on parts of her life where I could have taken joy or experienced a different type of emotion with her because I was so focused on, you know, her, quote unquote, her being different than me. Her not experiencing what I experienced or or her not Mm -hmm. experiencing the trials of her grandmother or my mother, you know, based off of, you know, what it is I know of life. So if we don't take an opportunity to look at things with great joy, we won't. We as people are not, we're not naturally like that in that way. Unless somebody raised us in that way, that is different than what our flesh says. Our flesh is always looking for the next bad thing. Mm -hmm. That's just how it operates. So God is telling us specifically with with our brother uh, James here in this chapter that we're going to have to think differently than what we normally would. If we didn't have to think differently than what we normally would, it wouldn't be in here because nobody would have to tell us to do it. You're correct. And and I like to add to that, that as parents, as progressive people, We're talking about progressive, progressing as progressive people. You have to look at the climate in Mm -hmm. which you're raising your child in as well there. And in our, I don't want my child to have to go through what I've been through, or I don't want my child to have to experience this or that. We have to look at the climate Mm -hmm. in which the child is being raised in as well, because each generation get a just a little bit more smarter than the last generation, not smarter in the sense of the last, what the last generation did was wrong. But what the last generation did worked Correct. for them in their climate. So my mother raised us based, you know, she doesn't have a high school diploma and, you know, she operates, comp- her comprehension is, she operates with the comprehension that's lower than what most people okay. would have today. But the thing that she has going for her is, back in that time when she was raising us was that she was a hard worker and once you taught her something that was a wrap she knew she those skills she has now for life so now you're talking about that type of woman with the comprehension level that she has which is not the greatest right you give her a cell phone you you give her a cell phone my mama won't text back for nothing because she doesn't know how to text but she can get on there she can find games that she likes um, because my niece has taught her how to find games. 
oh, she'll go play games all day long. She used her phone for games and talking. And so people will be like, um, you didn't you didn't get my text? I text you. She was like, uh, come in, Tan. Uh, go through this phone. Somebody said they text me. And so I often tell people, why are you texting a non-texter? Because this society, mm-hmm. this climate is big on oh, texting. Right. Awesome. You and I do it. You and I will be free. It will be texting back and forth. And I know one time your husband asked, why are y'all texting? Who are you texting? And you were like, Dad, why don't you just call her? He yeah, because like, well, like I'm free to do, you know, whatever else I need to do. And <laughs> so if I don't answer right away, it's because I got busy and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And then we'll pick up right where we left off. Right. Right where we left off. We don't miss a beat in our text message versus when we're talking, I got five minutes. I got two minutes. I'm in the middle of something. Let's try to make this quick. When we text, you and I can just, it's like, I, and then too, I don't have to say a whole lot of stuff. I can just, like, I text you today when I was at VA. This is how I'm feeling. Like, duh, duh, duh. it wasn't no, hello, what you doing? How you doing, girl? Let me tell you. No, it was just straight up, listen, these Negroes over here getting both barrels because they think they treating a veteran like this. I'm a veteran. So, <laughs> like, I am a veteran. Hear me roar. <laughs> It's of the conversation, and then you didn't respond right away. But when you did, it was on point. You know, it was like, okay, boom, boom. Like, we were having a whole right. conversation. You can't do that to my mom. Because, again, her comprehension level is not that high. So we have to teach mm-hmm. her how to do things in her phone. So, but the things that we teach her, it's golden. Because she's going to remember that for life. You know what I'm saying? So you have to remember the climate in which your child is being raised. And for the, for our generation who's a bit more savvy at parenting because of our experiences and because okay I went through this because my parents did x y and z or because of these situations you're not gonna going to put your child in those situations because you're not your parents Mm -hmm. and you're in a different climate I had posted something the other day I said listen People want ignorant people want to remain ignorant, and then and I said, with all this technology, mm-hmm. you still believe in fairy tales. <laughs> so some people got it, some people didn't. That was one of the posts that didn't get a lot of likes because it was meant, it was targeted. It was not a, per, a particular person, but a group of people. It, you should not remain ignorant in this time of information. There's too much information out here for you to want to remain deaf, dumb, and blind. I know how I started off. I say the Bible is so right. People have ears but don't want to hear, have eyes but oh, don't want to see. That. So we're <laughs> so we're in a climate where when you when you're raising your child and you you have that mindset, I don't want my child to be like that. I just encourage listeners because we find it clicked with us, but I just want to encourage the listeners to know you're in a different climate raising your child. Your child has a three year old with a cell phone. And knows how to, and knows how to operate it, so your child will not go through the same things you've w- gone through in those terms because your child is living in a in a highly technological technological. My tongue is just lazy today. Mm-hmm. Age and you know and it's right and it's constantly progressing daily. Like the cell phone I have now is right. outdated by three phones, and I think I have Indeed. the iPhone eleven. And they've already is already outdated, and it's like this phone is is fine. What was wrong with this phone that they're constantly building and constantly 
I liken it to like this. When the people came invented the light bulb, the light bulb was continuously, mm-hmm. it worked forever. But somebody came along and said, how are you going to make money if you keep building, if you build and making light bulbs that does not go off or right. do, doesn't stop working? True. You can look, it's in a documentary somewhere. I read, I, I heard it, seen it. And the inventors of the light bulb was like, what do you mean? It was like, you're making light bulbs. You want to make money off the light bulb. So you're going to need that light bulb to stop working at some point. Not have a lifetime guarantee. It's going to have to stop. So then the light bulb was recreated mm-hmm. to stop working. So that they mm-hmm. can continue making well, money. you have to create a demand. That's how they created a demand. And so now they they that's now you have the evervescent lights and all of this longer lasting better energy it now they're they're finding new ways to make the light bulb appealing to us listen it's a I freaking mean, light bulb light, yes or no that's how <laughs> i mean that part so it's like that with the phones it's like that with our technology mm-hmm. but it's more rapid it's more rapid because the evervescent Maybe. lights didn't start until about what 10 years ago but the light bulbs yeah, but the light bulb itself has been around for years. So the technology is somewhat like that mindset, but faster now. Like, we have to keep making, like, we just came out with the iPhone 11. It's not even on the market for six months. What's the next big thing in phones? Let the they iPhone can't 11 because for now, what they did was when they created so demand, <laughs> they also created competition. Okay. Oof. So we don't even go there. Let's talk about um we talked about selfish temptation on lust. We talked about double mindedness. We talked about various trials. Let's yeah, no, yeah, mm. no, yeah. Let's talk <laughs> about misguided values. What misguided values? So you just say that one last, I'm gonna huh? be honest with you. I had no intent of doing that. Uh-huh. That just had popped out. So I I figured we just go wrong with it. <laughs> Okay, the inside joke to your listeners. <laughs> We've been working on this book <laughs> for the longest. Okay, go ahead. Go well, wait, I'm trying to, hold on. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get the title because I have so many. We we've been we've been working on so many books. What is the title of this book? Uh, the misinformed church or I think that's the name of it. So that's why we're laughing. I said, so you're going to just leave that one for last because we can't talk for days about misguided Now nah, I, I just want to say I'm one thing and then I'm going to leave one. it at that. I'm going to let you take over because I've just been talking for the last 10 minutes. So, <laughs> um, so misguided values. So oh, that's okay. misguided value that I want to put point out is the man did not heed wise counsel. And he did not heed wise counsel multiple times. Mm-hmm. And so I find it, I found it strange when I was listening to this because you were, this is an African story. And so one thing that I know that the African culture Mm -hmm. is big on is on the wisdom of ancestors, not only on the wisdom of their ancestors, Mm -hmm. of their ancestors. And so when I listened to this Mm -hmm. story, I, I felt, first of all, I felt like you the big dummy. Because you had a lot of people who were pouring into you, yet you decided not to heed them because of what? 
because of selfish temptation. Selfish temptation. So you had an opportunity. But in verse five of James, it says, if you need wisdom, then you can ask God. He give it to all men liberally. Liberally. And abradeth not, and it shall be given him. Now that's the way the King James reads it. Let me tell you how the NLT reads it for you. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. They said generous, baby. Them folks didn't say generous, did they? So mm. the man had an opportunity Continue. to receive wisdom. And so when the one thing that I know about God is that he uses the vehicle of humanity in order to get things across to us. So he doesn't always come down and say zap, boom, and then make it done. He use a man or a woman in order to provide for his people. Giving the shepherd, giving unto you, right? By other men. Yeah. Now, it was an example in the Bible that he made the donkey okay, speak because the man went listen to the other man. The earthly realm to get earthly things done. Okay? So, the, uh, the man had mm-hmm. wisdom that came from God that would have protected him and changed him. It would have changed his circumstances. The very ones that he was complaining about had he heeded. But because he had no value placed on the wisdom that was being given to him, he rejected it. And in rejecting it, he it, essentially he rejected his own salvation. I'm reminded of once again. I'm I'm learning nowadays to share my little Maybe. mindful moments that I'm gonna call them mindful moments. I'm learn I'm learning to share them via Twitter, Instagram, you know, because I think it could be you know, it's edifying for the soul. So one of the mindful moments that I tweeted out was crap, I lost it. Hold on. Because I'm reading and and talking. It was, I said that uh, let's just go there right quick. Because I think it's so um what exactly what I was saying. Let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. Crap, how do I look it up? See, that's how much I know I don't get to look up stuff. I don't know. I don't know. What the heck? How do you see? Okay, so it says, uh, let's see. Mm-hmm. Oh, here it is. I said, change is constant. However, people have a hard time with it. Because it does not benefit them directly uh-huh. any Say that word again. <laughs> Change is constant. However, people have a hard time with it because it does not benefit them directly and immediately. Regardless, change is necessary for growing and evolving. And then at the end, I said, I choose change. This young man <laughs> could not accept change. Not even bef- it, way, bef- way before the missionaries came to his village and began to change the face of the village uh, via adding white people and um, people being converts to, rel- to Christianity now, it was, all, it was changing as far as the customs. Because in the story, it, it, he, the people are evolving right. in their own way. But they're evolving 
to wise okay. counsel and prophetic visions. And so as the, I think they call her the Oracle, okay. the, the, the main prophet, I believe is the Oracle. I'm just coming back to me a little bit. So I believe the main prophet is like the Oracle. So as the Oracle dictates change, okay. the elders implement it. The elders implement the change that is being dictated by the Oracle based on the signs of the season, whatever, however the Oracle gets his message, because it doesn't say the Oracle gets it directly from God, but the Oracle is sure. like a God-like person, a deity. And it's held in high regard that only certain people get appointed to that position. And as I, as I believe it, his daughter, the one that became ill because of his actions, was in line oh, wow. to be the next oracle. They were grooming her. As I, as I remember the story now, it's like all coming back to me um, now. As I remember, she was in line, not lying to be the next oracle. She was going to be like go through the training or whatever because they said they saw something special on her. And you know how that's how the old folks pointed out. Mm, that child look peculiar right. there. You might want right. to watch that child. That child, you know. <laughs> so, but because of his, when I thought about his misguided values, I thought about the, the point that he, it was made in the story to outline the fact that uh, of his okay, masculinity. Let's dig into it. And, and, and how men believe mm-hmm. so strongly in a certain way of uh-huh. a way a man supposed to be let's you know just to hit it a little closer to home what you crying for you crying like a girl quit being a punk you know so men are taught with through these various sayings that if i show emotion i'm a girl or i'm a punk or i'm you know that's not what a man does and the man is just like a woman they have tear ducts just like we have tear ducts so why can't a man show those emotions what makes you less of a man if you show any type of slight to the emotion because one synopsis of this story said that because of this any show of slightness to that he will kill you or cut you to the quick which resulted in him beating his wives and his children because he had to make sure they knew that he was the man. Never mind you had to marry already five people anyway, and they know you are the provider in this family. I have to further prove this by beating on you and beating you to submission in his mind. Anything outside of doing what he says do in his little five little huts in the village um, was considered a slight to his manhood so when I said when I saw misguided values I saw it in that aspect of he thought this is what a man supposed to be because again he didn't look to his father who he considered to be somebody that was real lazy Uh to be that example for him so where did he get this example the story doesn't say so where did you so the misguided values or the misguided mindset Uh where did you see this to make this applicable in your life to make this applicable to your life because i was uh listening to you know one of my favorite little mm-hmm. little uh what's it called uh guilty pleasures and the guy was saying if you don't see something model in front of you right. you you won't do it you won't attain to it you have to see something your your boys are seeing you and your husband in action so they can say, I know what a relationship looks like 
Um, or, you know, I know what a man's supposed to do in a relationship based off what I see my father does. I know what a woman's supposed to do in a relationship based off what I see my mother do. So in the absence of one of you, yes. the, 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 the vision is kind of blurred a little bit. And I know we talked about this one, you know, before us before the absence of one creates yes. a over either, either yes. overindulgence or underindulgence. So if you have a boy raised by a woman, yes, he could be looked at because as having he'll, he'll mannerisms from his mother, because from his mother. And then if you see a girl raised by a man, same thing. Oh, she a tomboy. Well, I wasn't raised by my father, right. and I was a tomboy. So it's like, where did you see that? Where did you get that? Was I just born to be a tomboy? But then you got to also remember my only playmate outside of yes. you know before, going to cousin's house was my brother who was the oldest. And so, yes, I wanted to dress like my brother. Yes, whatever he did, I wanted to do. But naturally, I'm just, I'm finding out I'm just a tomboy, period. Is that because I was only raised with a brother and a, and a mother who was gay and who was, who was the man, quote unquote, in the relationship? No, no. Is, it, you know what I'm saying? Are you really Am talking to me? Okay, or? so we talk about, we talked a couple of weeks ago about system, the nature of systems and systemic of systemic look at relationships and things like that it's not just what what you're raised who you're mm-hmm. raised by or what you're raised with it's the whole entire so it's every person that has any type of influence on you period so that's a com- what you're seeing about yourself is a combination mm-hmm. of things that you have experienced over the years that's what we're seeing with you when you present yourself to us so it's not just the fact that your mother mm-hmm. was gay or whatever, and that you only had your brother as a playmate or that, you know, your dad wasn't around or whatever. It's not, it's not just those things. It is a combination of factors, including who you went to school with. Was it public school? Was it private school? Were you raised Christian? Were you raised doctor? All of these things have an impact. What kind of TV shows you watch when you were a child? What kind of music you listened to when you were a child? What kind of food you ate when you were a child? All of these things contribute to and make up the entirety. So if his dad was not present or if he thought his dad was lazy, where did he get this hyper-masculinity from? He could have either gotten it from watching another man in the village or he could have developed it as an aversion to what it was that he saw because that happens too. If I have a bad experience with something, I will attempt to okay. recorrect that experience, but I will do it in a way that hits the other extreme of what I'm seeing. All right. Not fully knowing that's what you're doing because all you're doing is try not to correct recreate that environment or recreate correct. that person. But this is the essence of time travel. Situation. So like okay. this is the essence okay, of time so I, travel. I, I you ever watch anything movie you Mm. cannot go back and change anything in the past because it will destroy what happens in the future all we and all that we can always do is recreate what we already know because where else are we going to get any other information from we're not supreme beings we don't develop wisdom and information on our own we are slates where things are processed and written on to us and so that's based on environment Mm-hmm. it's all about the environment 
So for me, looking at misguided values, that's what I saw. You you saw the and, and both of it. It's not to say neither one of them is, is wrong. Um, I, I believe both of them are right. Both of them are right because in my eyes, the fact that he was super hyper masculine, masculine, he yes wouldn't listen to the elders, which in turn created all these turns of event, all this stuff. And then too, he was dealing with something that is common among black people, but we don't acknowledge it because we feel like we keep moving on or we go to church and just pray and it all go, go away. Depression. He was dealing with depression because the son that he, then the son that he wished he had now is dead. Not only is he dead, but he's dead by my hand. Because I was hyper masculine, and it says it in the story. I remember reading this part with the kids. He didn't want to feel weak. He didn't want to seem weak to the villagers by allowing the others to kill the boy without him being a part of the killing. And it says that his blow was the killing blow. He had been hit by the other people that was too, nominated Judas. to kill the boy, but it was his I said, blow. Ah, you too, Judas. That, huh? Yeah, it was his blow that took him out. So now he's dealing with depression. And just along with all the they other were, stuff, men will not acknowledge. They will not tell you they're depressed. They, you know, men men will not speak on that. And so hyper-masculine depression. And now um, I'm honoring in a ceremony. And in the ceremony, I tripped and fell because I didn't get no any sleep that night. It's coming back to me. He didn't get any sleep the night before because of the depression, because he be, he's now developed insomnia. He tripped and now your gun done killed another elder. And so now this accident caused you to be banished from the, the community in which, mm-hmm. for you know, in your mind, you help build <laughs> because of your wealth. Now y'all banishing me for seven years and not on top of that, I have to go back to my mother's people because my daddy dead and I'm definitely not mm. going back to his people but the tradition was you go back to your mother's people and the mother's elders are like hey try to use this as a learning and go be a better man and do do better by not sp- take this time to develop your kids take this time to spend with your wife you know you don't have any responsibilities here because we're already set up oh you gotta you know so take this time to cultivate yourself and cultivate your family and you know do all because you got to remember now you displace yep. your wife displaced the children are displaced except for the one son who refused to go so now but you the leader and they looking to you and this man's like listen they're looking to you so they take their cues from the top go ahead and you know rewrite your, your story I want to talk about this mm-hmm. for just a quick second. I don't want to harp on it too long, but do you know one of the reasons why depression is so prevalent is because people don't understand that they're the right author of their stories. To a certain extent, we can change our circumstances just based off of changing mm-hmm. what it is that we do. It's not even so much the fact that you've been traumatized or that you've experienced anything traumatic. It's more so what you think about the trauma what you've written in that story about yourself concerning that trauma that's keeping you still in that trauma. Again, not to harp on it, but that's one of the things that I combat in my classes. I'm an English teacher. English is fluid. If you want something concrete, go to science and math. I tell people that all the time. 
So when my uh, my kids, they make a mistake, I said, guess what? They be like, what? Oh my God, the answer is wrong, Miss Clayton. I don't want to put, I'd be like, why, why your, why your, why your thing is blank? I don't want to make, give the wrong answer. I was like, well, what would happen if you do get the wrong answer? I don't know. I mean, I just don't want to be wrong. Why? Why? So put the answer. And so they was like, you sure? If that's what you believe the answer is, put the answer. So they'll put the answer. And so then I'll show the next slide or the or the answer. And he'd be like, oh, man. And I'd be like, guess what? Did you write it in pencil? Yeah. It has right. an eraser. You know, me, my dramatic self. People do not well, you know believe what in the eraser. Okay. <laughs> so we talked about this. No, tell me. We talked about how the Industrial Re- Revolution came. And it kind of changed the way that um, education was done before education was done by the family, whatever it was that they felt that they needed in order to progress in a job. That's the kind of education that they Mm -hmm. got. It wasn't these a whole bunch of useless subjects for 22 years until, you know, you, you went and figured out what you wanted to do. No, they focused on what was necessary. Well, when the Industrial Revolution came, they decided that they needed a way in order to mass produce workers. Okay, so my productivity can't go down because I make errors. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they wanted these people to not only to come in, not only to work in the factories, but to do it effectively and productively. So they needed the least amount of errors. Which is why everything is taught one way. When every we, we all know that people, everybody learns differently. But we're taught one way so that we can mass produce, so we can make less errors, so we can be more effective inside of these factories. Remember, when the Industrial Revolution came, there were no computers. The brain was the only computer that was available. So making a mistake could potentially put these people out of money. So making a mistake was bad. Errors were bad. So for a long time, the, the nation's schools have taught the children that errors are bad. That's where all the standardized testing, all the jazz and stuff come from and teaching the test and wanting everybody to get it right all the time. That's what all of this. How can I create workers that are going to make the least amount of mistakes? This is true. You know, and I was being facetious for y'all listening that I didn't know. I just wanted her to explain so that people who actually did not know can know. One of the things that I sought to correct the problem was to just take all the pencils out of my class and just put pins Girl, in you create- And then they, they it was a shock to their system. Oh, my God, I can't. <laughs> I did. I did. Now, they, they are, some of them are already probably medicated, but I did. And one of the things was, I just can't write in pen. I just can't write in pen. I was like, why? Because I might make a mistake. I was like, and if you do make a mistake with the pen, guess what you can do? You can cross it out and write up under it. And so that was a whole traumatizing thing. What? What? So I've I've gone, I just say, whatever you're comfortable with, that's what you write with. Some kids are like, oh, I love pens or whatever. But for the majority of them kids, they just freaked out. And I had nothing but pens in the classroom. So now I have to put pencils in there. Well, I was going to do that this week, but, I, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm not at work today because I had a doctor's appointment. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I did. I created anxiety when I took away the pencils. So that was one correction that, I made, but now I'm I'm recorrecting, and I tell the kids all the time I'm not perfect. 
I'll get a word wrong. I'll spell a word wrong. And then one goes, you supposed to be the English teacher. I said, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? And she was like, I don't know. You're supposed to know everything. I say, so who equated a teacher with knowing everything? Society. I said, exactly. I didn't put that pressure on myself because I don't know everything. And anything I want to know, I do exactly what I tell you guys to do. Either Google it, go look it up, go to the um, library, get an encyclopedia. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I tell you the resources in which I use myself to go find an answer to a question that I have. I said, yes, they give us lesson plans and yes, they give us answers in textbooks. But guess what? They make mistakes in those textbooks as well. I've seen several answers in this stuff that I was like, wait a minute, this is wrong. And I've corrected them before I gave it to you. But you don't see that part. But I'm telling you, this is what I do. And I'm modeling. Oh, I don't know how to spell this word. Let me type it in Google. And I'll pull it up on a smart board and be typing it. They're like, seriously, for say you're doing this in front of us. I was like, what? Society has made it so that being perfect is the standard. But nobody's freaking perfect. That's why right before we came on and I was like, dang, I might need to go back and listen to some of those things I don't edit. But then I was like, why? Why? We're not perfect. So I'm not going to edit this to try to make it perfect for the audience. I'm going to give it to you raw and uncut. Mm-hmm. Because when you stand before Barely God well. in that judgment, that great get up morning, your life... <laughs> your life will not be edited you're going to see or you're going to be the stuff that you've done is going to be recorded as you did it not the not that let me erase this oh she went back and asked for forgiveness let me erase yep. that no it's still being recorded now they might not talk about it or they might just say you know you did that but you're forgiven but whatever you're, it's still being recorded so people it's not a it's not a race to be perfect we're striving for we're we're what does it Indeed. say we're striving for sanctification we're not sanctified yet we're striving for that so as a community of people i i made the consciousness and i told you know shonda i was like i'm not editing this no mm-hmm. more i started editing in the beginning but i'm like i'm not doing this unless it's a real major break in the technology itself and i have to cut you know, a long piece of silence out, I'm not editing nothing. You get it raw and uncut, the mistakes and everything, because kids need to see that. They don't need to see the finished perfect product because there's no finished perfect product because the process to that product was baby. It was a thing. (laughs) It was a thing. So I let the kids see me make mistakes. I let them see that, oh, I didn't die from my mistakes or it it wasn't the end of the world that the mistake was made. So therefore they are free in my class at least to make those same mistakes. I don't come in saying that I'm Lord over the English literature and commands. I, if I took, matter of fact, we teachers took the test and failed. The the very test we want Mm -hmm. kids to pass, teachers, a good majority of us failed that test. We failed it. So the test is not my perfect. Kids that all so that's not a time. measure of your And so they don't believe me. So I had to but, start showing them that it like, okay, so their dad will tell them that I'm the smartest person that he knows, right? And I appreciate I appreciate all the compliments and everything that he gives me. But in doing that sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes my, my kids feel like, well, mama expects us to be perfect. And I don't expect them to be perfect. I just don't expect for you to give up before you've even tried. And so what I've had to start doing is explaining to them when I go through my process. So sometimes dinner, I won't have dinner the night before. So when they come in the next morning, they say, hey, mom, what's for, what are we having for dinner today? And I will tell them, I don't know. I got anxiety last night while I was planning dinner, so I didn't figure it out. 
And they're like, you got anxiety. And I had to tell them, yes, sometimes I get anxious when it's time for me to prepare because I feel like sometimes I might not know everything that I need to know in order to prepare a thing right for you guys. I said, and that's when I had to remind myself that it don't got to be perfect. It just got to be edible, edible. I said, but sometimes, sometimes my brain tells me other things and I have to work through it. So I ain't worked through that yet. I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet, you know, and go ahead. Well, well, I want to speak to something. Yeah. Not mean to cut you off, but I want to speak to something you said. Your husband said you the smartest person. He know, but then we got to count up to how many people <laughs> do he know. Oh, so ahead. if he know, a, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I was trying to make a point, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. right. But how many people he know intimately, like he knows? Oh, it is. So the statement is accurate in and of itself, because it's. Yeah, so intimately he knows that you're the only smart you're the smarter person that he knows. But had he he know them people, he don't know them intimately. And of the intimate people that he knows, you are the smartest one. And so we also have to tell, you know, give the kids that point of view as well. You know what I'm saying? Because my family thinking I'm the smartest person in the family. Well, you gotta remember a good majority of them don't have high school diplomas. But it doesn't make it doesn't mean that they're not smart. They just not school smart like I am. So I'm book smart, but my family is street savvy. They can spot a con a mile away. I you have to get a little closer to me before I before I realize, okay, you a con. You're not gonna get me, get me, but you just have to get a little closer to me than you will get to my mama or my family. My mama plays with people now. She's so good at spotting cons. She play with people. She make you think she mm-hmm. let you con her, but child please that girl got a con she mm-hmm. she's bad with it. I'm not that good. You know what I'm saying? So it's different type of intelligence but to them to my family i am the most book smart person they know and if they need to know it they'll come to me with doctor stuff and i'll be like i don't have a phd in medicine please okay and they'll laugh or whatever my 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 i was about to say my husband oh lord Mm-mm, not going there my uncle went to his cellular company to have something done to his phone and the tech guy could not fix the phone. He told the tech guy, I bet y'all know somebody who can fix it. And so the tech guy was like, well, if they fix it, then somebody tell them and they'll hire the person that fix it. So my uncle comes to me and I'm half sleeping. He was like, hey, Mm -hmm. can you fix this phone? Five minutes, the phone was fixed. (laughs) In five minutes, the phone was fixed. He's like, well, the guy told me if you want a job, I don't need a job in technology. It's the fact that I had this phone before. And I had this problem with the same phone. Do you get it? And he was like, no, you, you got it. He, it. To him, I blew his mind. But I was trying to explain to him the mm-hmm. only reason why I knew how to fix that phone because I had that phone and had that problem. And I was able to fix the phone. And once I do something and I mm-hmm. learn that, I have my mother's trait. It's with me forever. But on top of that, my dad was very good at math and science and all the subjects that I have my dad's intelligence, but I also have my mom's ability to retain whatever you've, whatever I've gone through, whatever you've taught me, I have the ability to, to retain that. But my uncle, again, he couldn't get it. That's the same way with doctors. When you go into the doctor, they, that's, why they, that's why they ask you, what are you here for? And you give them the list of symptoms. And if that doctor has mm-hmm. already treated that before, he can say, oh, you got so-and-so. But if he has not treated it, he'll tell you. I've heard of several. It could be arthritis. It could be this. And you looking like, well, why the doctor doesn't know it? Because he's had not had it all the way experienced mm-hmm. with that. Which is why a specialist can come in and say, I know that you about. think that that's what that is. So now we really have- what you're seeing. And this is why. Because 
interact with things that look a certain way, but there's something different. Exactly. We I like to say I'm a, a jack of all trades, the master of none. But some people say, no, you lie. You mastered a couple of. And I had to think about that. I did because of my experience with it, with the book knowledge that I have. The whole thing. OK, we, we really going on today. The whole thing about the Martin Luther King. And I think I, I when I talked to you about no, it, like the documentary, that's coming I, out, I told my mom about what was uh-huh. be in the documentary. And you believe <laughs> and you believe. Yeah, yeah, you know, that conversation went south real quick. <laughs> that conversation went south real quick I mean it went south before it could even get enough speed to go north mm-hmm. so and I had to realize I forgot who I was talking to I'm not talking to a person who you know comprehension is one is up there and then two who I'm talking to a person who is all the way uh, militant mm-hmm. that is don't bring no white person to my house talking about you finna marry them that's who I'm talking to so everything that's that's negative negative about a positive black person oh you believe the white man you just gonna believe the white man so i was just like you know what this conversation it's evidence that this man did this but you say the white okay i'm gonna leave i had to exit myself real quick but you <laughs> quick evans left the building real quick so you 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 just have to be mindful of where you have these conversations because it depends on who in the situation the person will think that you're making them feel dumb or you know you know not smart and I have to tell my students in class listen you just learn a different way from me and then you got to remember I'm the type of person that'll read the dictionary for fun so hey you know and they be like yeah you a real nerd nerd Miss Clayton and that's cool and I've learned to accept it and I've learned mm-hmm. to be okay with it but back when school was in school when I went to school oh that was not cool to be a person who loved to read period because in my community which is the oldest black municipal in the United States of America Eatonville, shout out 1887 Can you imagine? Number black like kids Oh, you gonna get picked All of what you just said it's... <laughs> Oh yeah, you you light bright Oh baby, your nickname is already light bright <laughs> I, I, that's I'm for sure my that, I, I think that's I'm the first thing say. my mama called you when she met you Oh yeah <laughs> Oh, you went and got you a little light bright. I was like, what is yes. Oh, yeah, I forgot. My, they still call high yellow people. But, yeah, you light bright. Girl, please, that's your name. So, yeah, so I, I definitely get it. So, for me, the misguided values is those things. And we still in the we still in the world. Y'all thought we went off on a tangent, huh? Um, so, those misguided values, they they mm-hmm. they really can lead us down to some, into various trials, you know? versus the trials just coming of and of itself through life we can create trials that we go through and then not learn them because we still see in this thing from an egocentric point of view of everything surrounds me everything revolves around me his wife they were there to serve him and if one wife cooked the you know one wife was for this dish and whatever at his beck and call you know and so you know it was just his downfall was just his selfish unchangeable outdated progressive tendencies that he had he was trying to hold on to values and not embrace change because those Mm. old values they directly and immediately affected him so i know we went a little long and if you still here with us thank you thank you we we, we're grateful to our listeners 
And, you know, we had some time today. I'm just going to put it to you like this. We usually try to keep it to an hour because we know attention span in these days are not long. Everybody loves that instant gratification. So we try to keep it, you know, get to the point, you know, and then come out. But we had a little time today. And this is a topic that I felt like God wanted us to explore just a little bit more than, um, you know, covering it over several different sessions. But that was just was on my heart. Uh, I, I guess the people will be like the new people are probably like why is she's the one doing bringing the topics I've never That's been accused of not knowing how to play, play my role accordingly. I know <laughs> look, look and that's just period point blank and that's on Mary had a little lamb okay so but yeah mm-hmm. we play our roles accordingly we've been in this relationship we've been in this ship for a long time and uh, we know how to play our roles accordingly. And she's right. I am the teacher. So therefore, I do a little bit more, more talking than she does. She's the counselor, which means she do a little bit more listening. And, um, you know, and to that, you know, I, and I enjoy bringing her new stuff for her to connect to the Bible. If y'all don't know, she's a Aww. great connector. <laughs> the girl is bad. Let me toot her horn. The girl is bad. The girl is bad. I can bring her. I can bring her garbage, <laughs> and she can make it treasure. <laughs> she can make it work. <laughs> mm. She she got seasoning. They ain't even. They haven't even named yet. The, the girl. The girl is bad. God has gifted my my sister's friend with some amazing gifts, and you know I can't wait till she fully stand up in all of them. She don't want to stand up in the other one because she feel like <laughs> it lends too much to the prophetic. <laughs> you know, she we poor <laughs> we poor prophetic peasants over here. You know, she that's just stuff. I don't want that. Keep them dreams and them them, them visions. Keep all of that. But she dabble a little bit no, in it, just a little bit because of what God, oh, God uh, does Jack of all trades, master now. of all of them. Talk about the master of none. Get your life, get your life, get your life. You know, I'm starting, I'm trying to open my mouth for a comeback and it just keep going closed. Like, listen, I, I feel like I mastered a few after that statement was made. I don't think I mastered all of them, even though people keep telling me. Uh, my old, oh, my I'm cousin called me the other day. He said, uh, do it all. He said, that's my new name, do it all. <laughs> my new name is do it all I'm like what and you know mm-hmm. just a little marriage tip I had to and I think I touched on this one time before I had to rethink the man that if I were to if I were interested in getting married again I'm done I'm, I'm done I done tried and you know me after two tries and I, I, I'm done I haven't been married again but I tried the relationship to move towards marriage and I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong so I'm just gonna tap out but and I had to reassess mm-hmm. my my uh, uh, approach to the second guy that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with, and I still do at this point. It, the feelings haven't completely gone from him. <laughs> is that I can do a lot, so I don't need for him to be able to do stuff for me. As far as in what I can do, I have the ability to maintain. Um, so I need to not be looking for a man to fix a car and all of that, baby. Because when that wire went out of my car, I went in that book, read that book, and went in there and put that that um, electrical tape on that car wire, and the car started right on up. I have like I don't wait on anybody. I don't. My ex husband, we were married. Some wires were sticking out of the wall, and I'm like, "Can you fix that?" I'm, you know, my baby, 
I don't want my baby to get electrocuted. And he took forever to do it. And I'm not a nagger. I'll ask you. And then I'll, you tell me you're going to do it. I'll sit back and wait on you to do it. But weeks kept rolling by. One day, I fixed it and put a cover. I went to Home Depot, asked the guy how to do it. He told me I fixed it, put a cover plate over it so they won't come back out the wall. And he came home and he passed by it and he went and sat down. He was like, wait a minute. Who's been in my house? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He was like, the wires are not sticking out the wall anymore. Oh, you've noticed. <laughs> and I just went on in the kitchen. You know, and I'm not going to tell you the rest of the conversation. But anyways, but I'm just that type of person. So I, I had to rethink. Clearly. Why would I be looking for a man to do those type of things when I clearly clearly <laughs> clearly okay. y'all don't understand okay. I, I mean i'm not gonna put her business out there let you put my business out there however <laughs> we've had this conversation before on numerous occasions and i'm just gonna leave it at that i'm not even gonna say i told you so i'm not even gonna say i told you so because that's, that's unnecessary at this point I done already told it. So I already said it. Cause she done, cause she done already told it. So that she done already said it. <laughs> if y'all don't know anything about this relationship in between me and this one on here, she will tell me. I told you so. She's not gonna say I ain't gonna say it. She says it. <laughs> Didn't not I tell you? Oh, you don't want to listen to me. And it's not a. It's not even down. a throw it in your face a, type thing. It's a, like a. It's not. She just be like, mm, hard head. Well, sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. I ain't gonna tell no lie. Sometimes well, it is. Sometimes she didn't make well, it I feel it. I take it as that because the way she throws it. Because so, it didn't take all of that. But I love her anyway with her overanalyzing self. It really don't. And if you wanted to be left Hey, alone, I'm a thinker. Leave me alone. Let me think and process. That's why I told her they didn't be. I said, y'all gonna let me. And on that note, I guess I it's time to pray. To it all the time. <laughs> oh, now you want to end the podcast? <laughs> I'm just saying. I have to flip that thing over in my mind a couple of seven different ways come Sundays. And I still don't be at peace, but I'll move forward with a decision because my heart feel like it's right. And and I, I can't really go into details how they work with me. With, how your how your heart feel like is right, but you not at peace because you gotta understand. If that, anybody's that ever that seen the movie Frozen, me, the trolls put it waiting on the very, other shooting. Very, very Something very else gotta go they with this. Said, Something else wrong with this. What? I'm just saying. They say oh, the mind Lord. can be convinced, but the heart not so much. Go ahead. So they always are at odds with each other. <laughs> but that's a podcast day. <laughs> I said, oh, Lord, I said, oh, Lord, because my niece and I, uh-uh. we were talking and she used Frozen as an example. And I thought she was going to beat me up like she did. Like, we just going to do Frozen. Gonna you do just going to use Frozen on your auntie. She was like, yeah, basically I am. So, <laughs> but yeah, but it, 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 it is, it is. I'm very analytical and I would turn it over and tone it over. And sometimes it, it requires a quick trigger. And sometimes I have time to, you know, Indeed. seek the Lord as I tell her. And she was like, Mm-mm, you just want to stall. I didn't say you couldn't. I just wanted to, us to call <laughs> like, it what it is. Let me stall, ma'am. But, um. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for another successful episode. 
you know, if not for anything, Lord, we get something out of it. And that's the first thing. The message must hit home first and we get something out of it that we realize that our thinking must be transformed by the renewing of our minds in the reading of your word and in meditating in your presence and, and you know just talking with you and having that connection with you the 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 relationship with you because you are the tree and we are the branches that goes out and bear fruit for you we're nothing of ourselves we're nothing outside of you we're nothing uh, apart from you we are attached to you and lord that's where we want to stay and that's where we want you to find us attached to you at your feet worshiping serving you and all our gifts all our talents in our finances in our family in our communities in our schools we want to be found serving you and if we're not god please put us on the right path please be the lamp unto our feet and the light unto our pathway that we may walk in those ordered steps you have given unto us and that's the bottom line that is what steel clay is about knowing that we are the clay and you are the potter and we're yet in your hands and that you are making and molding us to the women of god to the men of god to the people of god that you want us to be so continue to lead and guide us continue to uh, put us on the path of righteousness for your name's sake not for our names but for your names oh god and if we be so careful god to do the simplest thing, which is obey, we will reap. We will reap the benefits. We know you reign on the just, just what is the unjust. But those of us that, that know you and are called by your name, we know that you have a greater reward for us. We know that this is just temporary and there's a more permanent prize. There's a more permanent state with you, oh God. And that's what we attain to be. That's where we want to be. And so for that, oh God, and for your son, Jesus, whose blood heals, delivers, set free. Uh, oh, my God, do battle for us. We thank you. And we thank you for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that reminds us, keeps us in check and love on us at those times we feel unlovable or unloved. We glorify you, oh God. We thank you for your compassions that fail not, but Amen. every morning is new. Great is your faithfulness. All right, sis, let them know where they can find us at on those social media platforms. Absolutely. They can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook, all by the same name, Still Clay Podcast. All right, folks, remember, just as we are two vessels of clay still being molded by God, so are you. And until next time, walk in love. Thank you.